three, two, one. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode. Guys, we're back. Who's that third voice? It's Adam back again in a mumbled, distorted mess. (laughs) I was listening to the last episode um, and I was like, Jesus Christ, I am. I could, you could understand what I was saying, but it was definitely rough. It, uh, it's not. It's better today. Yeah. Getting that swelling down. But no one cares about that. They're here for the hockey talk, boys. I know. You're off the IR. We love it. Yeah, still, still kind of day-to-day monitoring the situation. His cap hits now on the books. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's later on, so we can get like Mike or Harmon on for a sort of rental situation here. <laughs> Give up a solid second rounder. You know, try and bring in some support, eh? <laughs> I don't know where we're going with this. Um, the condition, Adam, <laughs> on the next episode next year. Is on for the full three hours. Oh my god! Oh. that's a condition of the pick. No, well, there's a thing in my contract where I cap out if a podcast is longer than The Godfather. <laughs> and yeah. I didn't know we had contracts. I know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess your agent didn't tell you. No, my agent. Yeah. This is one. This is one. Like, if Mark Andre Fleury gets traded, there's a picture of da- like the shocked Daniel face we have, in the <laughs> and then it's like there's a sword in in the back that just says Adam. It's like, oh man. Uh so guys, yeah. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try and go back to being hosty boy. But like my mouth. It it's they hosty all... or toasty. What? Hosty or toasty. I'm quite chill it's quite chilly actually right now. So okay. all full effect. So it's more hosty, not toasty. Okay. That's hard to say toasty. With my voice that sounds it's kinda of like a it almost sounds like a lisp toasty. That's in Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. No, that sounds terrible. Okay, we should probably. Okay. We were supposed to record at twelve. It is twelve nineteen on October fourth, and we have not started talking hockey. So, how? I don't think there's a better way to start the show than like we're we're Eastern Canadians, and there's nothing we love more than laughing. Actually, Central. No. Yeah, we're considered Central Canada. Okay. Well, Alex just. <laughs> You know, just sit there and stop a bit mid-sentence. Anyway. That was Daniel who did that, by the way. Just did I say that? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant to say Always Daniel. blaming me. <laughs> I'm always- the innocent one all the time. No, you're not. You become... Okay, let's, let's stop. Okay. And, okay, if you're going to just stop on my bit, we're fans of Eastern Conference team. We live, like, in Toronto and Montreal, respectively. And there's nothing quite like laughing at the Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames, of course, um, because a, a big story in, in the league has obviously been Oliver Ackman Larson. It lo- very much looks like he is done playing for the Arizona Coyotes. And before we get into speculation, Vancouver and Boston, looks like OEL rejected uh, expanding his no trade clause to Calgary and Edmonton. 
It is not a good look, is it, Alex, when you are – you get mentioned Oilers and you have the second-best player in the world in Connor McDavid and the rating MVP in Leon Dreisaitl, and you can't attract a guy like Oliver Ekman Larson. Maybe because your team's not good. That's a definite – they didn't make the playoffs. They, well, I'm not going to comment on them not making the playoffs because <clears throat> I know if I say that, I'll never hear the end of it. <clears throat> but – I mean, you have – I think Leon Dreisaitl is a top 10 player in this game. Is that fair to say? Yeah. You have two top 10 players in the game at the moment, and you've made the playoffs once in the last – In the McDavid era. In the McDavid yeah. era, yeah. You Like, there's issues there. And they – again, I like to – I like it when I'm right. Because who doesn't? But I said at the beginning I of the season. Right. <laughs> I said at the beginning of the season that they weren't going to make the playoffs, and they didn't make the playoffs. Do you? And what failed? What failed them? Their goaltending. I'm just putting that out there. Do, Daniel, I don't know if you remember this, but there was a post that Sportsnet put up. And it was, who is more likely to make the playoffs, the Habs or the Oilers? And I lost it on the podcast because I thought, how stupid is this? Obviously, Montreal are going to make it. And then the season happened, and Montreal was 24th. But guess what? The Habs made it, and the Oilers did it. And but, Adam was right. Yeah, of course. Of course. First saw everything. Yeah. And, and so what I'll ask you here, Daniel, is, I mean, how bad a look of it? Oh, sorry, how bad of a look is it on Canadian hockey right now? That again, we are <laughs> both Calgary and Edmonton can't bring in this guy because it was really funny. Um, after the Vancouver, after Vancouver got eliminated, Sid Sixero had a really interesting tweet. And he said, This is proof that every Canadian hockey team is just so clearly not close to a cup, right? When and Vancouver... it's just not just further proof of it. Wait, when Vancouver lost? Yes. I believe it was once Vancouver got eliminated, Sid Zero tweeted that out. So, I mean, I mean, Daniel, what is just the look of ca- Canadian hockey, especially in Alberta right now? Mm-hmm. Um, The way I kind of see it is I, I don't really kind of agree with Sid Zero. I think the Canucks have a team that is on the rise. Um, I know we look at like, playoff success but the fact that like the situation that's kind of going on with there i think we've talked about before with calgary just kind of not being able to kind of work things out with what they have or what the oilers are kind of doing with you know having two of the best players in the league and the fact that oliver ekman larson doesn't want to go there is yeah to be honest i'm actually pretty surprised um i thought at first when i talked with alex about it last week that it was going to be about edmonton not having the assets to bring him in but a guy that kind of openly says like he doesn't want to expand his list to that team, it it is a bad look to it. But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give Edmonton the benefit of the doubt because I think that even though they don't really have the depth to kind of show for it or the success the last few years, like they have gotten better than what they were like you know two three years ago. I'm gonna I'm gonna use a quote. I'm gonna quote Adam here because when we were talking about we we in our group chat we were talking about. I think it was Devin Dubnik and Martin Jones. And Adam goes, well, what was it? Was it cow, cow, cow poop is better than horse poop? 
Or uh, yeah, it was something like cow poop smells nicer than cat poop, I assume, but they're still poop. Uh, oh, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of what happened in Edmonton. <laughs> I, and and uh, just to quickly add on, I, I don't necessarily agree with it's a bad look on Canadian hockey because he has Vancouver on his list. This is true. Right. So I, I think and I'm, I, I'm not saying it's, I don't want to say, I don't know what the reasons he said he wants to go to Vancouver over Edmonton and Calgary. Like maybe he has his own personal reasons. Maybe it's the weather. Maybe it's this. Uh, I, was gonna say I don't, that. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I'm not in Oliver Ekman Larson's head and he hasn't really come out and said why, but I think Adam makes a very good point in saying you have two of the top 10, two of two of the best players in the game, and you still can't attract a guy like this. Listen, I know McDavid's not Nathan McKinnon. Uh. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, honestly. Uh, so last night there was, despite not having any hockey, there was a mini headlines, David Amber with Chris Johnson, Elliot Freeman on a little Zoom call, I believe it was. And uh, like continuing on the OEL front, Freeman did say that um, the Coyotes asked Oliver Ekman Larson to expand his no trade clause past Boston and Vancouver. And he said no. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> He's right. Yeah. And uh, when it comes to dealing with both these teams, of course, Vancouver seems to be more eager to get the deal done than Boston to get OEL. But apparently Arizona seems to like the Bruins prospects more. So I guess let's talk about Vancouver because we all know that they are a team that is against the cap. And let's just say for the sake of it, if this deal happens, a Louis Erickson has to go the other way. You're still gaining more cap space um, on top of still having to re-sign Markstrom to Foley and then still all your young guys are due over the next either next year or this year. I, I just – I believe it was Jeff Merrick might have said this. Or, or it was Brian Burke on Hockey Central. Vancouver aren't really the team. I know you said they're on the up, Daniel, but they don't strike me as the kind of team to be making this kind of move, especially when you still have to pay your core very, very soon. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with I. Here's where I agree with that. Because you have to give up assets to get this player, I think it's a kind of a dangerous game to play. But if Oliver and, and I know this is a very big but, but if Oliver Ekman Larson is a free agent, I think we're having a different story. Be, like we're having a different conversation. Sorry. Because now you don't have to give up, like you have, you're gonna have to give up some type of asset, whether it's another first round pick, whether it's Brock Besser, whether it's Vertanen, Goddet, and whoever else. You're you're gonna have to give up assets to get this player. In mm-hmm. free agency, all you're giving up is is cap space, and I think you're at that point. There's gonna be other moves that Jim Benning could make to build around to build around that. That's why I think it's, I think it's a good addition to build on for next year. I'm just not a fan of, of how they would have to go and do that. 
Mm, Daniel, my man. Yeah, I, th- I, I kind of agree that it's something that could kind of help them as they keep coming on the up and up. It's just, you know, it's the thing about, you know, the hardest part is starting, really knowing what that kind of deal would look like. How would you kind of bring them in and how you kind of work with around the money? Like I, we've talked about like, yeah, like that 12 million block of contracts that the Canucks kind of have with Ericsson, Beagle and Roussel and how you kind of move around that and who you're going to pay. And it's, 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 it's a kind of thing where I, I see also the, the Oilers, like where they feel they are right now to kind of make that step. Like I know he's not on the list, but like, it's something where I kind of see they really have to analyze where are we right now and how are we going to contend? Because like, it, to me, it reminds me of like the Blackhawks where they kind of felt that we have these guys on the up and up, like, you know, Cam Barker didn't make it, but like, you know, Seabrook, Keith, Taves, Kane, they had these guys. And then when that was already established, which I think in Vancouver, it's happening now. Like they went out and got Marion Hosa. They got the Brian Campbell. They got these guys where they, felt that they could really contend. And I remember it was James Myrtle talking about how this Canucks team reminds him about, reminds him of like the 08, the 09 Blackhawks that, yeah, they're probably going to have cap trouble now, but it's something that they're going to have cap trouble later, but it's something that they, they view that there's going to be a window there. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to get, uh, just to, before we move on, a very quick thought. Um, Frank Cerevelli of TSN. Reported that it's been believed that the Bruins offered Tory Krug sort of take their leave at six year deal or 30 on $39 million. That would be a AAV of $6.5 million. When I saw that, I think you guys did talk about it last episode. Yeah. Um, but that's pretty fair. That's a really, really fair deal to me. I just wanted to like mention like, he could probably get maybe towards seven on the open market, but geez, I, I thought given the culture of that team, I think you mentioned this, Daniel, I thought he would have stayed for that. And I would think, especially if they lose him and Chara, why Boston wouldn't be more like, okay, we need to do something about the left side of the defense. And I don't think, and I, sorry. And I do think all of Franklin Lars can probably be a big step in that direction too. So I, I don't, that was weird to me. That was very, very, I weird. have a question. Shoot. And here's the, the here's the thought process for me. You're gonna give Tory Krug six point five, and then you're if he doesn't accept it, you're gonna go trade for a defenseman who makes eight point two five. If you even if you even if you pay okay, let's say he wants seven million dollars mm-hmm. hypothetically. You're not going to pay him seven million dollars, but then go out and trade for Oliver Ekman Larson, who makes eight point two five. For what is it? Seven, six, seven more years, about the same term. Yeah, that's a that's silly. It is right, and you're probably going to have to give up Jake DeBrat. Like I, I would be very surprised if if the idea is that they like. Boston's prospects better and I get I guess Jake DeBrusque necessarily isn't a prospect anymore but he is still a young player who's coming off an entry-level deal I would be very surprised if Jake DeBrusque is not involved in that deal God I, ha- I hate that idea of giving yeah. up Jake DeBrusque he is a I just had the and I don't mean to pull the heartstrings of Leafs fans 
But after he scored that the game seven goal where Jake Gardner took the body and then Freddie led in the weak goal of him going past the bench and pulling on the Bruins logo, I mean that is a Bruins player. Uh I, I think they'd be so silly to give him up. Yeah. Um, okay. Before we get to Tampa Bay, and because I don't know how long my mouth is gonna hold up, do we wanna do our trade stuff? I mean our signing improvement stuff. Sure. Okay. Okay, why the lads are just getting their stuff up, listeners? Oh, I thought that we'd have a, a good of a, a good little thing here. Of course, this is the last episode we have before coming up on the draft and free agency. And of course, we are a centered Habs and Leafs podcast. But you know, we haven't had a whole lot of really juicy stuff. A captain deal and Joe Edmondson signing. Great, that's been the highlight of our team's offseason. So what I asked the fellows to do and I've done it myself, is let's come up with a few names that each of uh, the Montreal Canadiens and the Toronto Maple Leafs should target, uh, either, you know, free agency, trading, just someone in this offseason. So, guys, because he's going to have honorable mentions. Like 10 of them. (laughs) Daniel, I'll start with you, and we will start with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Who are some of the names that you think they should target in this offseason? All right, so I said it before the episode that it's going to be a lot of prove-me redemption type of contracts because I think that's what the Leafs cap is going to kind of look like, and I think they're in it to win it. So these are the guys that I think they're going to get. So for four words, my first one, and I think this is something that would fit so well, is Eric Halla. Um I think, yeah, the injuries and inconsistencies have been there. His cap hit is about 2.75 before, but he's the kind of guy where I believe it was on Sportsnet. It was Emily Emily Sadler where she talked about he's a cult, he's a good culture guy who everyone kind of liked in the locker room. He fits anywhere in the top nine, and I think he's someone that has – really kind of shown that you know when he was kind of thrown in the Vincent Trotrek trade like he's someone that's still kind of looking for maybe a short-term deal to kind of show that you know I I still have it I could still be a uh a an important part of like of a forward core um my second guy oh yeah was he part of the Vincent Trotrek deal yes okay just wanted to make sure yeah like he was like him and the four three other guys (laughs) Yeah. He was like a character dude because apparently he's very confident. He calls himself Howl of Famer. Him yeah. and the pennies on the dollar <laughs> prospects they got. Yeah. <laughs> and okay, my second guy, and he's someone that I think that it's very realistic that you can kind of get him is Tyler Pithick. Um, he's a guy that plays with bite. He can grind and be a contributor on the offensive side. One, two things I really liked about him is that he's only 28, and the last three seasons he's only made one million. So he might get similar to that he's someone that i kind of feel that he might ask for more initially but he might be someone that stays on the open market and kind of eventually accepts like that market value like of 1 million 1.2 and he's someone that how consistent he's been in terms of health he could be someone that uh he could be someone that they could sign not for like not for very long but maybe two or three years and i would be perfectly okay with that like um, so, um, I was not expecting you to say that name. Okay. <laughs> was, was not. All right. My two honorable mentions for the Leafs. And this really depends on where these guys kind of view themselves in terms of their age. They're both 32 and what they feel they could give because they kind of had down seasons and I would have just bunched them up together. And it's Michael Froelich and Wayne Simmons. 
they're both guys that are looking for redemption short-term deals. Like for Leak, I actually would put him above Wayne Simmons, not because of the bite, because of his penalty kill ability. He's a guy that's been able to kind of stay healthy. I know his cap hit was 4.3 with the Flames and Sabres last year, but he's someone that I kind of feel that given his age, given like the amount of right wingers coming onto the open market, he's someone that might get onto Toronto for a lot cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of defense, and I'm just going to put the obvious already in front of us, um, you know, Radikudis and uh, Mark Borjecki, two guys that apparently the Leafs have been targeting, you know, the guys that play with grit, the guys that are good, you know, good solid guys that give a lot of bite to that lineup, no matter if they're on the right side, on the left side, I think there's two guys, but one guy, and again, this is a redemption guy that I don't know if Alex is going to agree with this one, but I think it's Sammy Vatnin. He's a right-hand shot, and he needs a prove-me deal. He's been really inconsistent with injuries. He didn't play for the last, like, five months, and the Hurricanes' the depth is way too much. Um, he's a bit of a smallish guy, but he's someone that really fits on that right side. And in terms of defense, that's really all I kind of had for Toronto, like those three guys. I think that's fair. Well, considering it was, like, do four names, and you've come up with seven? Yes. <laughs> Job well done. All right. Um, we'll do. Uh, we'll go around and do our leaf stuff. Then we'll, we'll circle back to the half. Okay, Alexander Hanimian. Hanimian. That was perfect. Wow. Hey. Oh my god! You know, after how many Holy. episodes he got it? We're on episode, I think, ninety. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, I picked three D and one forward. Mm-hmm. So I'm still in the four player limit. Okay. Um, I'll start with the forward. Now he so now he is officially a free agent. Uh, I think it'd be an interesting pickup to bring back Michael Grabner. Um, I mean, when he was on the Leafs, guy was pretty pretty darn good. Um, I I wouldn't mind seeing him. I I don't necessarily think he's going to be an expensive player, but I do think he, the issue is is he's very similar to Kapanen, but. I think you can get him on a much cheaper deal than Kapanen. And at that point, I, I don't necessarily mind that being being the case. Uh, and then my 3D, number one, Daniel already said it, Radko Gudis. He's practically already a Leaf, according to Elliot Friedman. Mm-hmm. And I think he's he'd be a good option if, you know, someone's not ready and I think that might end up being a case whether that's Timothy Liljegren whether that's uh even Rasmus Sandin or Miko Lettinen aren't NHL ready um and <laughs> Adam is laughing I don't know what's so funny no sorry <laughs> did I say was it what no no it wasn't it's not you oh okay um, and then we message Daniel saying, I see you in the zoom chat. Oh, <laughs> okay. Um, and then I picked, uh, two other D's both, uh, were in Calgary, uh, TJ Brody or Tra- and Travis Hamnick. I don't necessarily think they go for both. I just think they're both really, both of them play on the right side, even though TJ Brody's left-handed, he's extremely comfortable on the right side. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, both of them have the 
opportunity to play with Morgan Riley. And I think, especially in, in watching Travis Hamannick, I think he can let Morgan Riley kind of do its thing and not feel uncomfortable like he has been for the last five years under CC Zaitsev, Fanuf, and whoever else the guy, uh, Ron Hainsey. I like Ron like, Hainsey. Like Ron Hainsey was the only decent yeah. player who could play defense. But like, I think it's very important to get a guy who can play next to Riley and can play defense. And his name does not have to be Alex Petrangelo. I like it. Right. I want to do something interesting here. If you want, because I am about to share my screen and bring up a Google doc or, okay. or a word doc where I have stuff up. Yeah. So if you want an even more special, Visual experience to the podcast. You need to go check out the YouTube version there. I mean, why wouldn't you? It's fantastic. You get to see all of us. We're beautiful. Okay. We're great. So I'm gonna I'm gonna share my screen. What I've done for my guys is I've decided to do a sort of conditional thing where and let me see. I don't wanna I don't wanna like the red lines. First, I my option is a trade route. And I have gone with, from the Colorado Avalanche, Nikita Zadorov. Now, you're probably thinking, Adam, why would the Leafs get Nikita Zadorov? Well, he is left-handed, but he can play on both sides of the ice. And Colorado right now, they have a lot of young defensemen. And Nikita Zadorov, despite being on apparently the trade block for like the last six years, I think he would be a decent option. And he's physical. He is the sort of grimy sort of hate to play against guy that I think the least would love. My next option here is Sidon. And see, I went with two names here because I, I kind of figured that we would all have the same names. And it was either TJ Brody, of course, he was almost a Leaf, but Kadri nixed the uh, trade over the summer. And of course, Radko Dudas. I mean, right-handed, physical dude. You don't like playing against him. Next, I have an offer sheet option. Uh. And I have the young right-handed defenseman. And I even looked at his advanced stats. Philip Myers from the Philadelphia Flyers. He's right-handed. He's young. He's safe in his own end. He's not selfish, rushing. His offensive numbers are a bit more tame. I think he'd be a good option. And I have a gamble option as my final one. He's a UFA. He is a former Leaf. And if you can get an affordable contract, I think a lot of people would like him. The return of Matt Martin. I like that one. I guess, yeah. What do we say? I mean, I think the the Brody and Gudis one are more realistic than uh, than most of them. I could see Matt Martin coming back, and I think he'd be a good fourth line guy as mm-hmm. long as the coach doesn't overuse him mm-hmm. I I didn't necessarily think of Nikita Zadorov um, just because I, I think if the team signs Radko Gudis I don't necessarily think they signed Nikita Zadorov just because what like, where is he going to play? Like, I don't know if I'm necessarily comfortable with him playing next to Riley. Whereas, you know, I think I'd be much more comfortable playing him next to Dermot or Sandine or Lettinen mm-hmm. um, on the bottom pair. And f- with Phil, I-, I didn't think about an offer sheet just because yeah. I-, I don't think 
the Leafs are in that market because I don't necessarily think they're interested. I don't know how interested they are in giving up picks. Like, I don't know. I just, I worry about them giving up lots of picks. I just thought I'd spice it up a bit. Yeah. You think at his stage in his career, what would it be the compensation? Like it'd be what around three point five a year. So what? It's a second round pick. Yeah. Yeah. I think I really like Phil Myers. That's a great name. I'd, I do okay. too. Old junior guy. Exactly. Um. Yeah. So shall we go to the Montreal Canadiens? Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, since I'm here, I'm going to start. First of all, back to my screen share. I'm like a zoo. I'm like a professor. All right. First of all, I have a little statement here. So I've previously been a big fan of bringing in Mike Hoffman. But with these options, I've actually done a bit of research, and I've looked okay. at some advanced numbers and opinions here. So as you can see, I'm going to say I've changed my mind when it comes to Mike Hoffman because apparently Don Lecisions has called him an empty calorie player. He only scores. Now, if you're Patrick Laine and you can score 40 to 50, I'm okay if that's all you can do. But I don't think the Habs need another Max Pacioret. And Bergevin in a French interview recently made that very clear. But what does that mean, though? I like Pat, he, when we talk about Pacioretty, it's like it. the guy doesn't show up in the playoffs. Yeah, and then so, when he can't score, he doesn't do anything else. What, like, when was the last time he's Mike a leader? Hoffman, I don't when know. When was the last time Mike Hoffman was in the playoffs? Yeah, but on a, during I mean during the season during his play, it's just score and then nothing else. Like they, you need someone who who is when he doesn't score, he needs to be doing something else. And it's why I make it clear: if you're an elite elite scorer like Line Ovechkin, Stamkos, I'm okay with it. But Hoffman, I've gone back on him a bit. And Dadenoff apparently is already declining, and he's a year older, so like no, thank you. Okay, my first guy. Oh, by the way, what? Oh, it's not working. Ah, uh, there you yeah. go. Oh, I don't know who you were talking about. Okay. I thought that was going to say like JVR or something. It was so short. <laughs> I'm like, I've that's gone, an awful take. I've gone a bit off the board for some of these. So first of all, oh no, it's not working. Hold on. You have to click it. You have to click it again. It's going to do both oh, of them. No, uh, no. Oh. <laughs> okay, just leave it up. Oh my God. So frustrating. <laughs> I've mentioned two fellows here. First of all, this one's a bit on the wild side, but you try and acquire Clayton Keller. Because apparently the the Coyotes are exploring trade options with him, which I thought was insane. They're just imploding everywhere, that's why. Yeah, and you know what Clayton Keller needs? Probably a centerman who's really good at making sick passes. By the way, go look at Thomas Tatar highlights. What had like how does he get his best feet? Nick Suzuki. Um, What do you possibly think is gonna be included in that trade? I don't, I don't like, give up all your first and seconds. I don't care. Um, I also have Brandon Saad. Now, I know, like, Brandon Saad's a weird one. But I, he's physical. He's big. He's not my first option. But I definitely think Brand. I had a lot of names. Um, but uh, I think I had Kyle Palmieri in here. But then I just was like, no, that's too simple. Um, my next top, we're going to save this one for last. Okay, next. When it comes to an offer sheet, for some reason, the Dallas Stars hate playing this guy. Dennis Guriano. No, I was so tempted to say Svechnikov, but I was like, no, that's, that's too cheeky. Uh, Dennis Guriano, he's like 23, scores a lot of goals. Um, he got that wicked hat-trick versus the Avalanche, but, you know, um, uh, Rick Bond was like, no, you don't play because we need to keep playing, you know, Tyler Sagan, who can't score a goal. Uh, Corey Perry, who's a dust, dust, dustbin at this point. Um, 
my bet. Daniel, are you going to take that? Daniel, are you going to take that? Yes, for the sake of our friendship, Adam, I'll take it. That's good. Okay. When it comes to a gamble, <laughs> so the player, if you remember, there was the first trade bait board that Frank Cervelli made. I purposely took this guy because there has been a lot of whispers between this guy and being a Montreal Canadian. I think there is a good chance that the Montreal Canadiens could acquire Josh Anderson from the Columbus Blue Jackets. I think it's a real possibility. I think it is. this is probably my most, the second most realistic sort of signing for the Canadians. I think this could really work out. But he is a gamble because, A, his agent's a, a bad word, and he's had injury problems. And my last player. That would give you three Darren Ferris clients. Good luck. Yeah, but like, Mate can get out. And finally, Craig Smith decided. Now, you don't even need to explain that one. (laughs) In 90 episodes, we've talked about Craig Smith like 100 times. Okay, okay. But, but lately, there have been articles written on The Athletic, fans talking about it. I feel like we have talked Craig Smith into, and like, here's the thing. The guy has scored 20 goals in a more like third line role. He, his heat map, I looked at heat map. He gets some high slot chances, a lot of goals from the right side. Can also get a lot of net front, sort of Brendan Gallagher almost. I, I, Craig Smith is all I'm going to, I think Craig Smith would be a fantastic Montreal Canadian. Um, Okay. Alex, I'll go to you for the the Habs. Who who do you Um, have? I have one defenseman, uh, and it's a left-handed defenseman, and mm-hmm. I think you can get him for the on the cheap now. And it's Shane Gostaspier. But he's and, bad. Uh, I just don't think Alain Vigneault likes him. That is true. I think that's that's what it comes down to, and I think they already have a strong left side: Sanheim, Provorov. I think you give this guy a new scenery and we're having a very different conversation about him because even when he was first put on the trade blo- on the trade block like a hundred years ago, that was the that was the discussion is that give this guy a new scenery, it's it's gonna be a different story. Mm-hmm. Um I I still say Mike Hoffman, like despite what Adam says. Um obviously I still have Craig Smith. Out of boy. Like if I didn't have Craig Smith, I think my list would be like a travesty. Um, and my last player, and I, I kind of went a little nuts with this one just because I saw some news and I think we're going to get to it later in the episode, but there was talks of a of a certain player who would entertain a one to two year deal. Former MVP. Actual MVP, not Leon Dreisaitl MVP, real MVP. Um, Taylor Hall. I see wow. short term deal. I would take Taylor Hall. Front loaded for 13 million one year. That exactly. is a tease for later in the show. Yeah, I well, like that one a lot, Alex. Um, Daniel, who is around there for your Montreal Canadian all right. acquisition? How many kinda, 10 uh, players you have for this one? Is I'm not going to lie. It was hard for me to find defense for the Habs, so I'm going to go with two forwards, one consolation prize, and take a chance contract, okay? Okay. okay. 
Okay, my first. So you one, actually have four players? Yeah, four players, but just four forwards. Oh That's fine. Um, first one is Mikel Grenland. He can play wing and center, and what he did last year, he won't break the bank. I think um, he's the kind of guy where he will fill up the top six minutes, but he again he might offer a shorter deal to prove himself again. He's only twenty eight. He's a guy that has shown in the past, especially with the Wild, that he could play that top position and. Honestly, like if they lose like a, a Dano, they lose a Tatar. This is a, I think, this is a perfect replacement for the team. Um, this one is a big one, and I look back on the Paul Stasny Jets situation on how Winnipeg carved cap space to get him, and he still didn't sign with them. So I'm gonna say it's that. Armia, I, by the way. Yeah, I'm gonna say that they get Tyler Toffoli. He's in his prime. <laughs> I, would um, be so I, happy. I think by the time the Canucks kind of figure out what they want to do with him, what they're going to do with the other contracts, he's going to be like, you know, I got a better deal with Montreal. I'm going to sign here. And I already know I'm going to be guaranteed, you know, top, top line or top six minutes. So I think that'd be a big thing, especially with Mark Bergevin saying that he wants to compete. I think it'd be a perfect uh, fit for them. And it's not like the Mike Hoffman thing. Like Toffoli plays an excellent two-way game and you can still depend on him for that 50 or 60 points. All right, um, my consolation prize, if they don't get Tyler Toffoli, is Jesper Fast. I think he's someone that, you know, he might be in the top nine, but he's someone that could really move around in the lineup. He, I know he played kind of weirdly on that top six, especially with Panarin and Ryan Strom, but he's someone that I think would fit in Montreal. And is that a consolation prize or a third place prize? Uh, I guess it's consolation to the Tyler Toffoli because I think like the Gremlin one kind of fits in my opinion. <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone should... wiping out in turn one of a Grand Prix and somehow you finish 10th place and get one point. That's <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. My final one, and I'm going to give some background info on this. I call this a take a chance contract. So I think the Canadians have had a long history of this. You know, I think of Ilya Kovalchuk, Alex Radulov, Alex Semin. These are deals that I think the Canadians have really brought in guys who they've resurrected their career or shown that they could be contributors in the NHL still. And I think it's Bobby Ryan. Um, I think he wants to stay in Canada. I think he's a great locker room guy. Um, he's a kind of a veteran guy that, you know, we've heard from Brady to Chuck. We've heard from Josh Norris. That is the kind of guy where they really kind of helped them with their development. And I could see, you know, when you have Jesperi Kokinyemi, you have, Nick Suzuki, you have Victor Mete. This is another veteran guy you could bring in. I know they already have Shea Weber and Jeff Petrie, but it's just a guy that could still score and you'll get him for really cheap. Mm-hmm. I'm interested, like side note, I'm very interested to see what Bobby Ryan does no matter where he goes. Now that he sort of, you know, cleaned his life up, I'm, I'm really excited to see what, it, what like a new look does. By the way, the reason I'd be really happy about Tyler Toffoli is just because then the Canucks would lose him and I'd be really happy about it. All right, those are our trade signing targets, ladies and gentlemen. We would love to hear yours. Um, leave it in the comment section of the YouTube, or if you're listening and you don't want to go to YouTube, first of all, shame on you. If not, tweet it at us. And that, why not? Um, we will continue the show here, guys. I liked that. I like. We came up with some interesting name there, guys. Good, good segment. Good segment. Right. Yeah, we try to do that sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come um, up with good quality content sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes, just sometimes. We do our best. When Mike comes on, it's like, ah, oh, jeez. There we go. <laughs> it's um, all guns blazing. Um, so we'll, we'll skip a little bit ahead here. We'll leave all the, the 
the uh, the explosion of goalie content for a little later. What I want to uh, talk about is is you mentioned it there, Alex. Oh, again, on the mini headlines a lot, the baby headlines last night. Chris Johnson talked about apparently Taylor Hall is open to a shorter term deal, sort of one or two years. Also, kind of mentioned that it's just any sort of deal Taylor Hall is going to entertain, talk about there. And I think it really does. Let's start off with the Habs here because let's do that. It really just opened up an avenue where like, we were obviously, myself included, worried about Montreal's cap situation starting next year with a bunch of free agents. You know, Brennan Gallagher at the top of that list. But also, does this not scream Colorado, get in there and bring Taylor Hall in, Alex? It does. And I wouldn't be surprised if if he has a let's just let's give it two year deal on the table mm-hmm. with the Colorado Avalanche. I think you take it right away. I mean, yes, you're gonna when you hit free agency again, you're gonna be thirty and, and maybe you won't get that that big deal. And we don't even know what the state of the NHL will be in two years. I wouldn't be surprised if we're still at eighty one and a half and it might take a couple more years at that point. Like we really have no idea what the situation is going to be. And, you know, if you have the chance to go play with Landis Gog, McKinnon, Rantanen, Kadri, uh, Makar, Timmins, whoever, like literally anyone else, of course you, you take that, you take that opportunity. And can we just, you know, give the cup to Colorado now? I think you could, um, and, but they also need to show up their goaltending. Right. That that's what um, I would have brought up. That's mm-hmm. my own fr- from Colorado's perspective. Is bringing in Taylor Hall, Mike? If you're listening to this, yes, you are bothering us. Stop messaging, please. God. Um, uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like, I'm wondering what the hell that's about. Mike messaged us, and I got back to him and said, "Yo, we're recording. Let's get back to you." And now he's spamming our group chat. God damn it! All right. <laughs> okay, I put my thing on mute. So whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like from Colorado's perspective, I think maybe spend some a little bit of extra money on your goaltending rather than bringing in another forward. Mm-hmm. It, that's mm-hmm. just my opinion. Alexander, I mean Daniel Daniel. Son. Daniel Ander, okay. Um, Daniel Ander. Yes, so what I kind of felt is don't sign Taylor Hall. I think don't fix fix what's not broke. Um, I think the Avalanche have so many guys kind of coming up. They have these players that just keep on getting better every year. They have a team culture that... You know, I'm not saying Taylor Hall is a bad locker room guy because that's just speculation. That's just things that we've heard. But it's just someone that I think would be a, more of a disrupting force than anything else. I think he kind of ta- he's going to kind of take away some of the offensive load from other players. Yes, but I think he's also going to take away key aspects of their game as well. He's a guy that I don't think he's going to like that if he put on the second line. He's a guy that I think he's been so used to in his career being that offensive force that I don't see him fitting in Colorado. Maybe I just have a bias because I love all the draft picks they've had, all those players they're bringing in. Like I think of Alex Newhook. I think of Martin Kaut, these guys that 
you know, have taken the extra step already to kind of fit that forward core that again, like, yeah, goaltending should be the issue, not adding a, you know, a pricey forward that may or may not be, you know, 2018, 17 hall, or he's going to be 2020 hall. Daniel, just sorry. I think he'd be perfectly fine playing on the second line with Nazem Kadri and like, I don't know, Jonas Donskoy. I think he'll be fine with that. But it just, okay, this is a random comparison um, because this is another league. But this was like the Indiana Pacers in 2011 and 2012. And they had a team centered around Paul George, you know, when he was good in the playoffs. Yeah. And they were able to have a team that actually challenged the Miami, the LeBron James Miami Heat in the conference finals. They challenged them to game six and game seven. And. Okay. Two years in a row, and then they got Evan Turner to kind of shore up everything, and that messed up the chemistry. You want to talk about the Heat and LeBron James? They're getting checked by him right now. Um, gee, it's funny. Um, while we're talking about the duck on me, Taylor Hall and being traded, why does everyone want to trade Noah Hannafin? There was apparently an offer. I remember there were there was thinking about Taylor Hall and and, and Calgary. Yeah. The devil included Bennett and Noah Hannafin for Taylor Hall and Sammy Vat. Why wouldn't you ever take that? Like, why wouldn't you not take that deal? I guess they liked the, the Kevin Ken- Ball. The I like Nick Kevin Ball. Murphy. Kevin Ball. World Junior. Yes. One this year, yes. I think they made a mistake. I think they chose the wrong deal. Well, I mean, to be fair, it's New Jersey. What do they do right? Win cups. Can't when before I was born. Not before. Not before. When when's the last time they won a cup? Two thousand three. Two thousand three. Yes. I was three years old. I would be turning four. I was just raising my family, my young family at the time. <laughs> Daniel's just aging himself. We had just flown in from the Philippines. Yes. <laughs> what is the Canadian dream? It reminds me of the nineteen eighty six cup I remember watching back in college. Who won in 1986? The Oilers, bro. It wasn't Montreal. Montreal, their no. best team was in the 70s. The Let's 80s was like out. the Oilers and the Patrick Wall won twice, right? Yes. Yes, so 1993 and what? I'm saying 87. It was the Montreal Canadiens. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> it's just they won so many. It was, was like they rookie beat, year. They beat Calgary 4-2 in the series. Well, you know it's funny because I think didn't Calgary beat then beat Montreal in '89, and that's when you did it. Lanny happened, and then he retired. Um, did he beat LA? No, I don't know. They no, LA, LA lost three. Yeah, '93. Okay. They beat Kelly Fruity. Kelly Fruity. Okay, went um, <laughs> off the topic, but yeah. Anyways, with the Devils, um, yeah. Honestly, I think the Arizona deal was better. I think they got. Getting another pick in this deep draft was good. Getting other prospects that I think that they didn't get a chance. It's been good. You know, we've talked about Noah Hannafin for the last five years, ever since the Leafs were supposed to pick him instead of Mitch Marner. And he's a guy that, you know, he's given the, he's been given the opportunities. He's probably still going to blossom. He's going to prove me wrong like a Dougie Hamilton situation. But he is someone that I think that at the time or is right now, I, I don't think it, it would have worked out the same way. I think that he's in a better situation in Calgary than he would have been in New Jersey. You know what? I don't agree. Okay. I don't agree either. 
He would have been a top four guy. He would have been second pair behind Will Butcher. Or but it, it, and then you have Andy Green uh, until they traded him. But <laughs> like you ha- like in in what is he in Calgary? Like I feel like every time they played, it, it's Mark Giordano. But that guy can't can't get like can't get crapped on because apparently like in, I never hear a bad thing about that guy. It's always Noah Hannafin. That's what I kind of feel too. Like it's 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 like a weird thing. Like we're gonna like you know there is that possibility that maybe he'll become something more than he has been but i don't know like the same amount of minutes he's been getting or you know a bigger a you know a a bigger spot he's kind of had with and that's that's also with carolina where i felt that it just it just didn't click for me and i i think with what they got from arizona like you know it's a lot of like what steve dangle says you know it's a lot of magic beans there but it's things that I think could work for the Devils long term. They're a team that doesn't really rush their prospects, and again, it's I think it's just a package that would have been right for them now because they don't know what they are, except Jack Hughes. Except Jack Hughes, and it's like a, a lot of contracts there that you know they have to see what they have before like they, they commit money. Like I like aside from PK Subban, he's a free agent next year, eh? Yeah, poor guy. Mm. Awesome. Right. I'll tell you what I will not miss. I will not miss COVID-19 if we can ever get this under control. You will. I, will, I will never miss the state of Florida. I hope to God that I will never be in a position where my team has Alex Kalorn on it, on uh, playing for them. Harvard graduate Alex Kalorn. Right. Okay. Yeah. Was that his grades or his play? Because I, I would help someone who would get into Harvard legitimately and, and graduate. And There's no scholarship. There's no athletic scholarships in uh, Harvard. Oh, really? I, I, yeah, I remember Jeremy Lin talked about that. Did Jeremy Lin go to Harvard? Yeah, for oh, economics. That. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. I right. didn't know that. Well, the point is, if you graduate from Harvard, decent school from what I hear. Mm. I would Not as good as Ryerson. No. I would hope that you would understand the worrying and the no. seriousness of a, of a pandemic. And maybe not make jokes when you were in Florida, which you saw a hotbed of saying, thank God the, oh, the governor opened bars just in time for the boys. Mm-hmm. And like letting random strangers drink out the cup. Yeah, uh, that's, where, that's, where, that's where I think the line was crossed for me when other people were involved. I think if you want to party amongst yourselves, I mean, I don't necessarily have an issue with it. You've been in a bubble. Um, no positive cases. Party amongst yourselves. I don't necessarily care what you do. The parade was a bit iffy um, just because you're cramming people there. I, I, I You know what? I'll bring this up. They talked about it on SDP. I think they talked about it before the actual parade was planned or, or was announced. If they do it in the arena, they can control it. Mm-hmm. And they decide, they went with the boat parade. And I just felt like, again, they uh, they just couldn't. They, yeah. they were trying to control it, but they didn't really control it. And it just it felt really messy. And listen, I guess they can do whatever the hell they want, but now they are facing the consequences of every every person who is taking this seriously bashing them 
That's I mean, how society works. You start getting used to the regulation, the rules, wearing a mask. But, like, I mean, it's still going on. It's still, maybe we feel it a bit less because we're in Canada, even though cases are going up here. I think one show had a thousand the other day. It's getting bad. They're mm-hmm. under red alert. Yeah. But I mean, like, the president just got it of the United States and the first uh, lady. I mean, again, like, if he, it's, <laughs> there's no point of getting political in here, but I just, yeah, I don't know if you saw yesterday. I mean, like, there's st- it's still uh, not a good situation in the U.S. No, not at all. Right. So, I don't know. Like, I think Daniel and I brought it up at the end of the show because I just seen the the picture and the photo, the videos. I I I literally hadn't seen it before that. I'm like, great. Like, I don't know what you what I'm supposed to say. Like, don't do it. But when I say don't do it, it's like, oh, they can do whatever they want. Okay, they can do whatever they want. I'm just telling you they shouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Like it's very sim- It's a very simple concept. And I'm, they can do whatever they want. I don't care. But they should not do it. And here are the reasons why. Yeah. Um, if you want to do it within your own bubble, again, yeah, like you said, you have been contained in your own bubble for 65 days. Just yeah, it's it's for me. It's just been something that you know. It's kind of you know, they kind of pooped on the whole bubble thing. Like you know, they had you know like the praises of the extensive testing of keeping these guys in line. You know, we didn't have a situation like in the NBA where you know a player gets caught you know leaving the bubble for McDonald's. You know, in the NHL, it was kind of like pretty okay. I know, like given the ESPN uh, article Alex mentioned before. Um, we didn't get Wendy's boohoo. Yeah, but the thing is, like, right after that, I know, you know, you wanted to leave. And what I kind of felt was a bit disheartening where they said, yeah, we want to go back and see our families. That's why we won the cup in this way. Like, great. Yeah. Go see your families. Yeah, go see your families. Just, you know, don't advocate for bars opening or, you know, completely ignoring the fact that you were in a bubble because there's a pandemic going on. And then you just completely disregard it. Remember when your facilities got, you know, shut down right before the bubble because there was cases? Remember how the Blues, a bunch of them got COVID because they went to a bar? Yeah. And then they kind of ruined their run. It's pretty serious. Oh, but a fan base is a family, guys, didn't you know? I'm going to lie. Like, I I feel like this is going to be another situation where not saying it's just going to be one guy or one player, but it might be another like grievance where like, Hey, why are we not moving forward with the 82 game season? Or like, why are we starting here and there? Why is it this restrictions again? It's because of that exact reason, because people are not taking it seriously. No, it's a liberal construct. It's not even real is what people will tell you. (sighs) (laughs) All right. Don't even get me started. You're going to hate You're going to hate what i'm gonna say like it's i'm gonna there's gonna be very not nice words that are coming out of my mouth well guys <laughs> i'll tell you what is nice uh finally robin leonard's gotten paid finally yeah. is that nice okay yes yeah, nice no it's nice yeah, it deserves so, it. weeks ago there were reports that he had re-signed in vegas he said i haven't signed what are you talking about what are you that's incredibly incorrect and then it happened mm-hmm. five times five for robin leonard um and we'll talk about tristan jari in a second what uh, actually you know we'll talk about him tristan jari resigned i believe it was three times 3.5 was the deal yeah. Alex, I bet, mm-hmm. yeah um 
And what's what's kind of funny here is Matt Murray will probably be gone. We'll talk about him in, in a second, obviously. Tristan yeah. Joe, by the way, great contract. We know that. Because we're gonna, this is the whole thing. I want to. In many headlines, Chris Johnson mentioned that Vegas are now looking at a sort of in-between team to make a three-way deal to help sort of, um, you know, trademark Andre Fleur. Hello, Detroit or Ottawa. What are you doing right now? And guys, I, tell me it's not a coincidence that oh, there's Pittsburgh, there's Vegas. Maybe we can do some business where Mark Andre Fleury ends up a Penguin again. Like back uh, like ninety percent of his salary because the Penguins don't have any money. Yeah, Flurry, woo, flower I mean, back. I think it'd be an interesting concept. I just think they have to figure out what they're doing with Matt Murray first before they before they figure out what their backup situation is going to be. And and listen, the drafts on Tuesday, and I and I. <laughs> Adam keeps talking about where are my trades, where are my trades, and I and and it's easy to blame the media. I know it's easy to blame the media. Blame the media, but but I've seen multiple GMs. Like I brought up last episode uh, with Daniel, Lou Lamorello Lamorello said there's going to be a lot more players available than we think there are. So, okay, that's great. But uh, what does that mean? And and I, I remember another GM saying it's going to be a busier year this year. Okay, that's great. Uh, do you guys do you guys see that? You see, no, you I see? don't see. I don't see anything. I'm looking at my window and in the highlight, the rainbow that has been the off season. All I see is Patrick Hornquist and a bunch of Stahl brothers getting traded. <laughs> Where yeah, but, are my trades? But, I'm getting sick yeah. of speculation. Keep telling me the Leafs are going to do something. Do it. I mean, NHL watcher on Twitter. Well, Alfred Hitchcock always said the excitement's in the suspense. I'm not excited. <laughs> do you, can you tell? It's yeah, I can. Alex, you mentioned we got the Penguins have to figure out what they're doing with Matt oh, Murray. Yeah. Apparently, this is more from mini headlines, baby headlines. Elliot Freeman said Chicago are considering Matt Murray. Because really? it looks like the Corey Crawford relationship is ending in a bit of a divorce. Yeah, I, I remember like looking at uh, reports that they're really far in negotiations. Did, didn't we make, Alex, didn't you make a joke that they were going to somehow lose both of them back in the trade deadline? And <laughs> it's I? just. And now they're going to go with Malcolm Subban and Chris D'Elia. I I remember talking about Mal- Malcolm Subban and Chris D'Elia. I don't remember. If, I don't remember what I said. But yeah, I, I, there was something funny I saw. Um, I can't remember, <sighs> but Robert Leonard did. He did. He did a uh, reply to it on Twitter, where they misquoted him saying, like, and they said like on his time in Chicago, and it's like you know the the coach, the head coach, and the. Uh, goalie always get blamed for a team is losing and then they said his thoughts on Chicago and he said no that was about Buffalo yeah. I mean there's more than just Buffalo but, uh, than just those two um, oh my god what would Chicago give up to get Murray like that's not a team that should be giving up ass I'm surprised they get for I, cheap can I, I be honest I'm, let me just double check that this player re- previously played I'm, I'm like 99% sure he did but I'm surprised they're not bringing uh, Corey Crawford back because you know you know who they just brought back. 
Oh, Brandon Perlini. Brandon Peary, yeah. Brandon, Brandon, oh, Brandon Peary. Oh, Brandon Perry. Perry. Yeah. I'm just saying they're bringing the band back together. The band's back to- I remember he was the top <laughs> prospect for a while. They're like, yeah, you know, we just yeah, don't have any room on our cup winning team. You know, he's really going to break out. This Played a few games. He was pretty yeah. good. And then they traded him to Florida. This team's absolutely ridiculous. Isn't that like 20 goal four assist guy? Yeah. He was good on the Ducks. And then I don't know why I didn't resign him. Dark? Yeah. Like he was a deadline pickup. They gave up like a sixth for him. I believe you. Okay, so what are you giving up for for Matt Murray? Because like I, I don't I don't see anything. Like oh oh, I got an idea, I got an idea, and this would be the biggest Jim Benning move ever. Uh, Jim Rutherford, I am so sorry. Uh, Brendan Sod. but he's like a Taves best friend though. After Kane, I'm just saying, it just seems like that would be a him type move. I mean, they don't have anything else. <laughs> I know they have like Nick Bodam, and you're not going to trade him. You're not going to trade Bogfest. They have guys. It's just like you're not in a position to trade them. Though. Much more valuable than Matt Murray. Yeah, because he sucks. Um, right. More goaltending stuff. This is from Elliot Friedman with the baby headlines as well. Chicago, no, I said that already. Sorry. Washington. The Washington Capitals apparently are considering bringing in Henrik Lundqvist. That's not no. Colorado. That's going against my uh, theory that he's going to the Penguins on $1.5 million. <laughs> I think it's around the same idea. Like, I think when Daniel and I, or even we talked about it last episode too with you, Adam. The, the names that we brought up, uh, I think I brought up Vegas, Daniel brought up Pittsburgh uh, and Vancouver. They're all guy. And, and now Washington, they're all teams who have, with the exception of Vegas, have younger starting goalies who could use some nice backup help and some experience. Mm-hmm. I would be Yeah, surprised. I think it worked out pretty well if you went to Washington. See, I, no, I, I just don't like Washington. That's the only thing. But why? I don't know. I've always been like a. I don't know. You guys are too young to remember, but I remember when I was little. Or I don't know. I, I'm screwing up the timeline now. If I was raising a young family or if I was in elementary oh school God. anymore, can't remember anymore. You know, just too many. But I remember it was like the Crosby versus Ovechkin. Uh, debate about the Calder, and I was always like pro Crosby ever since he made the 2004 team as a 16 year old. That's why you don't like those. Okay. So why doesn't he go to Washington? No, I think he goes just my own personal opinion. I'd rather he go to the penguins or the Canucks. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Adam, you seem to not like this move. Why don't you like it? It's not Colorado. Okay. That's why he's yeah. So no, no actual reason. Just it's not Colorado. Yeah. He goes to Chicago. No, I'm kidding. If he went to Chicago, I think I'd just give up. If if they re-signed Corey Crawford and brought in Henrik Lundqvist, would that be the oldest goalie tandem like to ever 30, play? What, 36 and 38, right? Is there an older one you can think of? Oh, yes. Martin Broder and Johan Hedberg. They were both over 40 when they went to the cup final in 2012. <sighs> That's a good one. Okay, cool. Look at Daniel. Look at Daniel with these random facts. I love it. <laughs> uh, I love it. 
Alex, do you want to handle these last two? Because the mouth is uh, the mouth is starting to go. Yeah, yeah. I'll uh, I'll, I'll do it. Around, but like, uh, okay, okay. Uh, so a couple episodes ago, I think now, Daniel and I talked about Patrick Line and uh, the rumors surrounding Patrick Line. We put out. Um, we put out a clip and someone actually responded, which was, uh, thank you for that, by the which way. Which is wonderful. Yes. You're I, I, I feel so bad. It's I, Adam's I, burner account. <laughs> no, I, I feel like I'm going to butcher his name and I feel really bad. It's Yanni Yonkari. It's the O and the A with the two dots above it. So I don't know if there's a special way of pronouncing it. And I apologize. Um, we t- the, the whole thing, or by the end of it, we were talking about Shifley and Line A playing together, and it was such a it was such an issue, and and, and I don't understand why Shifley and Line A aren't playing together. And this and this the person who responded really made it made me understand it. So I'm going to read it. Uh, the issue of playing Line A with Shifley is twofold. One, you have Maurice that values effort and leadership above skill. And number two, you have a, you have a long-term captain in Wheeler who is the exact type of player Maurice loves. You would have to demote Wheeler and they're just not going to do that. Uh, there was a rumor that Maurice asked the Wheeler for consent before he broke up that first line when Little got injured. That is the level of respect and favoritism Wheeler enjoys in Maurice's eyes. Regardless if the rumor is true or not, I think that is the issue. Both Maurice and Wheeler have been with the organization for a long time, and you're not going to teach old dog an old dog new tricks. One of those two needs to go to actually make things to become different in Winnipeg. First off, thank you for the comment. Yeah. Maybe if you make you listening, if you make that good a point, bitch, you know, on the show. Yeah. Mm. If you make a comment like uh, your mom doesn't even let you stay up to watch the Vegas game. That's oh, yeah. Wow. No, I won't bring it up. Oh, <laughs> it's just a perfect representation of Vancouver. Mm. No, it was, it was about, I think it was, was it about Vancouver or was it about it was, Vegas? Yeah, because they had, they were going on a bad stretch, oh. but they had just beaten Vegas. Ah, beat Vegas why, why. after we recorded and the guy was like, you're a loser. It's like, well, the Canucks are too. <laughs> anyway. Well, we're, yeah, yeah, no, my, ta- yeah. What were you saying? Is that maybe why Jets fans hate Paul Maurice and all year we were like, why do you hate him? Look at the job he's doing. It's because this line A has been just abused. I could see, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. When I first saw it, it's like I didn't think that was kind of going on. All I kind of thought was when I'm looking at that forward core with the Jets, I thought it was just a Kane and Tave situation. You never put them together because you need to, you know, spread out the skill. Or if we're gonna do a more personal, uh, a more personal. Uh, uh, comparison, you know, you never put Bobby Ryan with Corey Perry and Ryan Getzlaff. You always let him have his own line. So that's I always kind of thought it was like that. You know, you spread out, you spread out the talent. Daniel, you you could probably answer this better than I can because I, I I actually don't know the answer. Who was Patrick Kane's center? Um, for a while, it was when they won. I remember in 2013, it was Michael Hanzus. And then after they traded Brandon Saad, it was Artem and Nisimov because it was the Panarin and Nisimov Kane line. Mm. 
And then, yeah, Taves with Hosa and then whoever on the left side. Because, yeah, I guess. I I just – this whole situation feels very messy to me. Brian Bickle. Sorry, just remember that. Brian Bickle on the left side. If I'm Kevin Sheffield – like – I look at it in okay. If I'm Kevin Shovel Day off, what do I do? Because you have to get Patrick Line a center to play with. I'm sorry, Brian Little's not it. Sorry, Paul Snatsny. I mean, he was Paul good. Stastny I think he fit. Could have been it. Unfortunately, they couldn't get him signed. Kevin he pulled Hayden. a Tyler Toffoli. No, I don't think Tyler Toffoli's going to pull that off. Uh, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin Hayes didn't really work. So you ha- still haven't gotten this guy a center, and now you're going to trade Patrick Alaine for a center and a defenseman. Yeah. Now the rumor is is that apparently the offer from the Hurricanes is Martin Nakash and a defenseman who's unnamed. Mm. Who we couldn't find, they, they didn't have the name for yet. Brady Shea, why not? But yeah. What? I don't that's understand. Fine. You just go out and get a center. Yeah, that's like one of, that's probably the, that and a right hand shot. It's like the hardest well, thing devil, to get on the market. Devil's advocate. Well, then what do you trade to get that center? In? Do, you know who needs, do you know who needs to get rid of salary right now and you can probably get for cheaper than usual? Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson. Fair enough. I Alex don't know. Korn. He's played Alex Korn. Yeah. More of a. I don't do you know. Get, where do you get your D from? Free agency. We listed how many defensemen. This is true. We listed Hamannick. We listed Brody. We listed Gudas. We listed Petrangelo. Uh, we didn't list him, but that's an option. Sammy uh, Vatnin. Sammy Vatnin. Like, there's lists of names you can go out and get. Defenseman, like you're not. Why would you trade Patrick Laine to Minnesota to and get Matt Dumba plus? As an, exa- as an example, as an example, solution there. Pardon? Listen, you notice how easy you came up with a solution there. And for yeah. some reason, and again, it's like, oh, we're scared of negotiations and all that. It's like, well, freaking. So what? You do the whole Jacob Chuba thing all over? I know different circumstances because Chuba is like family thing, but like. You can't just let this guy who, like, think about it like this. Lion has a bad year, a bad year, like a bad year, and it's 30 goals. The only mm. player I can think who has a bad year and is 30 is Stamkos and Ovechkin. Do, do, you know, do you know what would make him happy? Play him with Mark Shifley. Screw Blake Wheeler. I'm sorry. I don't care if he's your captain. Play him on the second line. It's not like you're taking him out of the lineup. God forbid. Like, that's such a joke. Patrick, Kay- Patrick Kane has played on the second line. That's yeah. you, you're not technically getting... Malkin as well. Austin Matthews is playing on the second line. Well, at least, you know, it's two, two first lines and the third line uh, okay. is one second I'm, line. I'm fine. I'm just giving... It's just another yeah, example. Yeah, know, it's just another example. Jordan Wheels played on the second line. Yeah. I Good just comparison. Think, we're, we've talked, like, I think we had a discussion about it, but we can't let the inmates run the asylum. Mm-hmm. You had to go ask Blake Wheeler if you rumored. can move him. Rumored. rumored. If it's rumored. the rumor, who's running the asylum? The Joker. 
Blake Wheeler. Good one. Good one. Good if job. You, if you're on the YouTube channel, you can see kind of what Adam's doing, what he's holding, because it's kind of making me laugh right now in this episode. When you put it like by your ears, it just made me laugh. Yeah. Oh, I look like a predator, like like from the movie Predator. Like this? Yeah, that one. Okay. Yeah. What do they call it? Like the Yanza bit or something? Yeah. But you see where the issue, like, you're you're gonna trade Patrick Galine because he's unhappy. He's unhappy because you don't want to play him with with Mark Shifley. Then go get him a center. Like you've tried and you've failed. You he had him for twenty games, three times. Can't keep doing the whole rental, rental, rental. Because keep trading their first rounders. Yeah, like just package that with some stuff and get like. I'm sorry, like I know people see Jack Roslevic. Well, just if he's so good, just package him with a guy and go get your son. And he goes, do they not trust him yet? Because like I'm thinking know. of the Rangers situation where they put Ryan Strom and Jesper Fast on the second line. Like, would you not want to try Jack Roslevic in the? But there's a difference. The there's a there's a difference. All credit to Patrick Laine because he's a very good hockey player. He's not Artemi Panarin. Hmm. He's not Artemi Panarin. You need like a proven playmaking centerman. You need a name. Hmm. Is what the Jets need. I'm just saying, Max pa- Domi's a name. Max Domi. Someone can that can get Patrick Laine the puck. Simple. Hmm. I just think it's a it's a joke that they're not playing him with Mark Scheifele. Mm-hmm. And if the rumors are true, that's even it sounds even worse. Yeah. This is this is true. <laughs> Daniel, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I, I agree too. It just the Jets, it just when what we saw them two years ago and how deep they were, two, three years ago, how deep they were on uh, Really, I thought that was going to be sustainable for them. I know that it was a lot of like rental deals, um, like you know, with Stasny and then with Kevin Hayes. But it just the way things kind of unfolded there. I know it's because of the money they just lost so many guys to free agency. It's it, it's just I don't know. It's just like they're they're trying to work with something, or they're trying to tap in too much into the a huge part of their core to try to fix everything. And I don't think I think. If they decide to try, trade Patrick Lydie, they're going to be a lot worse. What have we seen over the last few years? The Blues kept the core. Washington kept the core. Stamp, I mean, Tampa kept the core. And then what are you going to do? Trade the core piece of your team. Let's see like, how that goes. You know what they should do? What are they going to do? Offer sheet Anthony Sorelli. Why not? I'm just saying. Who says no? I mean, Tampa. It, uh, Tampa says obviously says no. It's just an idea. I want. I want give to him put, like. I want to put that the money out there. that you know, they know Tampa cannot pay. <laughs> I mean, they could if offer sheets Sergachev really and Sorelli at the same time, and then just see what sticks. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> oh. and that. then you have no picks, and it's like, hey, yeah. yeah. Well, you know the Jets are used to that. You know those deadline deals, so you know might might as well get someone with term. <laughs> exactly. Um. Quickly, last thing I think of the episode. Actually, we have an announcement at the end of the episode, so we'll uh, we'll save that till the Suspense end. Suspense is killing me. Um, 
Can someone explain to me, and maybe Dan, because Adam and I have talked, I, I already messaged Adam about this because it's absolutely confusing. I'm going to pull up the text because I had a pretty good. Is this uh, for my old sage wisdom you need right now? I do. I, I, okay. I think so. Why can't I find Adam? There he is. Um, can Hi. you explain to me why? <laughs> can you explain to me why Jake Sanderson has climbed? 10 almost 10 spots here so in april this is for and this is nothing against sam cosentino i don't want to i think what he does he does a really good job i just don't understand how this is possible in april sam cosentino had jake sanderson going 13th overall two days ago in his final rankings before the draft sam cosentino had him going fourth overall in front of Jamie Drysdale. So this is, this is not a projection. Yeah. Draft. It is a ranking. It, which yeah. is more ridiculous because they are different. But like and, they, and they played zero games since April. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I remember hearing about that too. So this is one thing that I've kind of looked on to. I remember Jeff Merrick was talking about it where a lot of teams view Jamie Drysdale as a guy that, you know, is going to go there and, you know, give you that, that that dynamic game on the right side. Like, he's going to score for you. He's going to kind of be that guy where, you know, he's going to be like a fourth forward for you, the quarterback in the power play. And as much he's like that on the elite side of things, that's kind of his drawback. You know, like, it's maybe – I don't think – I'm not saying now he's going to reach the same level, but it's the same criticism they have for Eric Carlson. Um what they see with Jake Sanderson is kind of like the whole package type of thing, like the Ryan Suter type of guy where he could be a cornerstone guy on both aspects of your penalty kill or your power play. I think there's and, a different defenseman from the Nashville, former Nashville Predators. You can use another example, Daniel. Well, I'll just keep it. Okay. Uh, it's like a Shea Weber okay. in a way. Yeah. Fine. But that still doesn't explain how between April and and now October, with zero games played, he's jumped nine spots. A big thing I've seen, too, is just, I know this shouldn't affect rankings too much, but team need, because if you really look at what those projected drafts are going to look like, there's a lot of centers, and there's a lot of forwards there. But, like, yeah, you'll have Jamie Drysdale, then what, you'll have Jake Sanderson, you'll have Braden Schneider, and then you'll have, like, Kaden Gould. But, like, it's... Like they're so far apart with things that I kind of feel that there are those teams that they're going to pick off of need. Well, I, I think, the, well, Dan, I think one thing here is, um, like, first of all, like Sanderson, a big part of him rising is he, he kind of has the Yisbury Cup Kinemi effect that he was rising, rising throughout the year. Though, so, like, again, this is a, this is his, like, ranking. This isn't, we're not talking about his, like, projection of the draft, right? Mm hmm. And, like, if, if Sanderson was at that level, then I would assume he would have already been there. When all of a sudden you start doing it when there is no development and all of a sudden, I think that's kind of like when we start having questioning here. It's like, if he's the more complete player, fantastic. But just be a bit more consistent with the list, right? Because there has been – there is no way to rank them now because there has been no hockey. It's not like he plays in the SHL. Yeah. And since it's just come back, there's all of a sudden like, oh, look at these guys. You know, I, I think – that, that's kind of the big issue here. It's like, listen, just be a little more consistent. And again, yeah, we're not making it for the Cosentino. The guy's probably the most sure. knowledgeable draft guy 
on this planet. Yeah, I just, I just, it doesn't at least explain it how in five, six months he's jumped nine spots yeah. with no hockey played. I don't know. Just this is what you know reminds me of, but I know it's not to the same extent because this is before COVID, yeah. <laughs> four years ago. And it was very accurate on how the draft has kind of panned out. Bob McKenzie had Matthew Chuck going in the top three. Really? And what did yeah. he? What? Where was he drafted? I don't. He remember. went six to Calgary. But yeah, like that he was had him sixteen, right? Yeah, was, he. Uh, um, Bob yeah, McKenzie yeah. had him over Pierre Luc Dubois and Yessi Pujarvi. Um, he actually knew, had him. He argued that like maybe he is a close second to Austin Matthews. I remember. I remember hearing about that. Yeah. When, uh, McKenzie made that argument, and you know, to be honest, maybe. Now. Uh, now. I think he's definitely hot take. Above, he's above Dubois and Puliarvi, but Matthews on the not Matthews on Liney. Like Matthews is the undisputed number one for that draft. Oh, okay. You said. You said- oh, no, no, no. I said he w- would have made between two and four. You said he was close to Matthews, though. No, I said he was like close to Matt, like like closer to Matthews than Line A was, but not Matt Matthews is still number one. And then number three is Carter Hart. No, I'm kidding. Okay. We all know it's Igor Korshikov. They just released the top ten goalie overalls for NHL 21. Carey Price was like fourth with ninety. Pretty upset about that. Carter Where's Hart. Where's Yaroslav Askarov? A Carolina Hurricane. Okay. No, a Nashville Predator. You know, I actually thought that to an 11th. I'm like, they actually might snag him there. We had Alex and I had a very good discussion about this. And we're like, like, there's no way he gets past Carolina. Otherwise, it is a. Here's, nah. a, here's a hot take right here before the draft. Let me just double check what number they're going at. Um, if he drops to 11 to Nashville, Nashville takes him. I think so. I don't think they trust UC Soros. As much as we all think they do, I don't like goalies under six feet. So you don't like Kadobin? Oh my god, <laughs> I I have this crazy thought right now. I'm looking at the draft board. Detroit doesn't have a goalie for the future, right? I think uh, Jake Patterson for a while, but he didn't really pan out. What, Little junior boy. It's been Jimmy Howard for like 25 years. <laughs> it feels like, but uh, that guy is gone, unfortunately. Um, what if they take him at number four? Wow. And they're idiots. I, I still feel they're still. I think they're taking Cole Perfetti. <laughs> Everyone's saying they're taking yeah. Cole Perfetti. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but yeah, eleven. I'm convinced. I wouldn't be surprised if Nashville takes him. Uh, Not fifteenth. No, he doesn't drop to fifteenth. No way Kay. he gets past Before Carolina. For the draft, I'm going to just start with Alex, and then I'll go to Adam. Okay. Who, if the Leafs don't trade the pick, who is your number one guy the Leafs take at fifteenth? Oh. I think it. Dep- I I wouldn't be surprised if it's someone like Braden Schneider. I I do think it's going to be. A, it might. It's probably going to be a defenseman. I think so too. Yeah. I've seen like Seth Jarvis and like Dawson Mercer thrown out, uh, thrown out there as well. Along Jarvis with, like, to that late, then something's wrong. Seth Jarvis. He's available so? that late. Yeah. It's just I like these are the ideas that are thrown out there, but like someone like Braden Schneider, I think like he's right-handed defenseman, and he could be available around there. I wouldn't mind taking him. I have a question: Is it Caden Gool or Caden Gooley? Because I've heard two, two 
Goulet? Because I've well, heard two he different people br- say that. Doesn't he have a brother, Brendan? Yes, on the Ducks. Brendan Ghoul? Or how well, do I they say it? Ghoulie. I heard it- Ghoul and Ghoulie. I don't know. I'm not 100% oh, okay. sure. Wait, wait. Oh, LA and Chicago girl working on an only Mata deal. Oh, Shut up, Mike. look at this. I don't, I don't care about Oli Mata. All right. LA, um, Chicago. Adam, who are the Canadians taking 16th? Well, if they don't trade the pick, which I freaking hope they do. I hope they can get someone in. Sorry, I'm trying to get the Zoom chat up. I got it. Uh, back. Um, I have the deal. Oh, okay. Quickly. Wow. The LA Kings have acquired defenseman Oli Mata in ex- from the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for forward Brad Morrison. And don't ask me who Brad Morrison is. Just give me one second. I am searching that up. <laughs> Clearing cap space for Matt Murray. Uh, Brad Morrison is uh, 23. Uh, he is on the final year of his uh, entry-level contract. Fourth fourth round pick in 2015 by the uh, New York Rangers. Wow. Holy Madden, Patrick Hornquist. Good. Um, Montreal. There, there's your trade, man. There's your trade. I saw like singies that were like with Brandon Goo- uh, Brand- the other Ghoulies there. Yeah, I saw Mercer around there as well. If he can get there, I'd love Dawson Mercer. Um, would you be happy with Dawson Mercer? Yeah, I'd be happy with like, right hand, like right one. I think he's a right winger, right handed, play center too. I would be very happy with that because like, Montreal's second line right wing has been like really pissing me off for like four years now. Because it's like you have Gallagher and then it's just like no one. Like Jordan Wheel and Yoel Armia or one of like the other guys on their off wing. But like my primary thing is you you trade that pick for some immediate help. You know who would be good on the right side there? Tyler Toffoli. <laughs> Could like, I offer a slightly injured Andreas Johnson? <laughs> no, no. I would take Toffoli, honestly. I just didn't like the move for Vancouver because I don't like what they give up. But if the Habs could sign to Foley, I'd be like, yeah, man, come on. Again, Tatar is gone, but at the end of the year. I think Vancouver is going to procrastinate. This is what I'm going to think. They're going to procrastinate. They're not going to figure out how they're going to fit him in. And he's like, hey, man, I just got a better deal. Well, like, what what are GMs doing right now? Like, I don't understand. Like, everything's coming up. Like, are they just being like, yo, what up? You want to do this? Okay, we'll wait for the draft. Boom. When you have, like, you're on the clock for a bit. I don't necessarily think it's it's as easy as we think it is to make a deal. They need the adrenaline of the like, draft. I, listen, I'm going based off of um, Brian Burke, and, and I do trust trust that guy when it comes pre-ordered to... pre-ordered his book. What, yeah, when it comes to how the league works in terms of like general managers and making a deal and stuff like that. And it seems like, listen, a deal's not made in a day. Like, sure, like it feels like this deal was made in a day that we just talked about. Like, it could have been made in, like, 10 minutes. I don't know. But, like, some deals. Like, I'll give an example. Like, that Phil Kessel deal in 2015. That was through the draft. That went through. I think it went through in free agency. Like, that wasn't an easy deal. Like, mm-hmm. it started with Derek Pouliot as what the rumors started as. And then, obviously, it expanded into P- Kasperi Kapanen, and et cetera, right? So, that's just my mm-hmm. two cents. Yeah. Like, draft, I'm, like, there, there are exceptions. Like, Minnesota, I want this pick. Who are you yeah. picking, Stevie? Raiden Point. Yeah. <laughs> God, I love that story. But, yeah, trade the pick. I will see. I think it's going to be – the draft is going to be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Better be. Speaking of the draft, 
we're at the end of the show. This is the announcement. Um, we will be doing a live, uh, li- what's it called? Live video. Live stream? <laughs> live stream. <laughs> Sorry. We're going to be doing. How old are you two? We're doing a, a live stream of the, the damn live moving pictures. 2020 NHL draft. Uh, right now, I think we're going to go up until 16th overall because it is a three hour event. Unless Yaroslav Askarov is uh, not yeah, chosen. Unless Yaroslav Askarov is not chosen. Um, we bring Mike on. I we might bring Mike on. Yeah. yeah. Depends See on how what is uh, depends on Elliot. We don't know. It depends on what his attitude is for the next two days. Um, yeah. If he makes if he keeps saying rent free, then he's definitely not coming on. Um, you kick him out of the the, the chat while we're, yeah, he says exactly. it. Uh, yeah, we'll be going live. We'll put out more details uh, over the next couple days, though. If the draft doesn't start, which we have a trade to announce, I'm gonna be pissed. Okay. I'd like to see that. Adam, will you be joining us? Yeah. Yes, oh. that's good. That's good. That's good. Um, boy is back. I'm just going to double check Twitter here. I don't think uh, we have anything else. Uh, the Blackhawks are retaining 750000 of Olimata's salary or cap. Wow. It. That's one Jason Spezza plus more. That, <laughs> that's, uh, that's all I have. Uh, Daniel, would you like to end the show? Listeners. This has been fun, and we are happy because Adam is back. Return of the Adam. Mm-hmm. Return of the King. Return of the Adam. I don't know. Where's your R two D two that shoots out the green lightsaber? Oh, I don't. I uh, get it. Okay. Well, I did a Star Wars one for you. All right. Well, listeners, this was fun. Thanks again for uh, giving us your time. Um, if you like the show, if you if you like the show, um, be sure to check us out on Instagram on. Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter soon. Please leave YouTube us a comment. Um, on Spotify, especially. If you did not leave five stars, please do so. If you didn't like something and you didn't go, you gave us less than five stars, please let us know. Like yeah. we showed today, we will respond to your comments. We will do our best to pronounce your names to our best ability. And, you know, we'll get back to you on the Kaden Ghoul or Ghoulie. Uh, controversy, whether or not we're saying his name properly. But once again, thank you, Voice Ed, for giving us a platform. Um, you don't like the show, and guys. We, yes, um, if you want to see what Adam is showing on on the show right now, something about giraffes, then please check out us on YouTube. It'd be great. All right, and guys. Make sure you love subscribe. You. Yes, sure remember you subscribe to subscribe in yeah. any way you can. Thanks. Yeah. If you don't support the show, you're gonna upset these baby giraffes. I'm looking up on Twitter. You don't.